the fascinating thing about it is if say you do the challenging thing and you start to like it yeah you're, you're like you're like i'm eating cruciferous vegetables uh, my broccolis and i hated it at first right brain growing at some point i go i really like these you will no longer get the brain pump <sighs> right the growth really because you've grown accustomed to it here we go again mark and mike telling you what they think even when they're not really thinking welcome to it doesn't take a genius ramsey marshall it's so nice to hear your voice screaming my name again <laughs> uh, not wrong anyway great I to know. see you Every time you leave the house, throngs of people. Ramsey! <laughs> More than I care to admit, to be honest with you. Yes, I'm sure it is at this point disconcerting. <laughs> and, and that's perfect with our topic, right? Disconcerting, <laughs> uncomfortable, discomfort. on purpose. That was well done. Yeah, that was smooth. Like better. The, yeah, yeah. So today's topic, discomfort is necessary for growth. And okay. I didn't hit upon uh, this topic uh, by accident. The entire universe is trying to tell me this, <laughs> including you. Uh, yeah, Mr. Wrestle and Grow. So That's right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. This whole idea of, of yeah, right. If you don't do, yeah, if you want growth, uh, mm -hmm. right, right. So, so I, I love that. Remember that meme that says, you know, here's the comfort zone. And then outside the comfort zone is where all the good stuff is. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, you know, the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows here. Right. Uh, you know, if I want growth, I have to leave this this protected, safe cocoon of the normal and, and do something outside that something that is uncomfortable or discomforting. Spot on, and it is indeed why the tagline of Hip Socket is "Wrestle and Grow." It's um, it it's uh, it it's frankly preaching to myself as well, you know that <laughs> uh, that uh, I love comfort. I I mean I'm I'm a comfort king, and you have to really uh, be intentional. Uh, going back to uh, our recent interview with uh, Herb Mast and his book. Um, you you have to be uh and you have to use intentionality if you're going to be a leader if you're going to do things that uh allow allow growth to happen so um so i'm i'm all in but i'm i'm going to gather that i bet you have a little bit of a story to tell on how you arrived at this conclusion being so scientifically validated oh yeah yeah i mean it goes down to what what is that adage no pain no gain yeah you, you, you know and you think oh, what a what a crazy cliche uh, but there was a period of time where I kept meeting all these people doing CrossFit. And, and, and then I met a few people who stopped doing CrossFit. And I said, so what, what made you stop? And they said, I couldn't take being sore every single day. Uh, right? Just having muscle soreness every single day of my life. And so I've, I've scaled it back. So I have soreness, you know, two or three times a week. But yeah. the but CrossFit when you you talk about the, some of the greatest athletes on the planet, uh, they are that because every single day they push their muscles to the point where they break down, and the soreness is their muscles rebuilding stronger, constantly. And, yeah, constantly. And you know, with CrossFit, it's constant. So, so I thought that was fascinating, yeah. and then uh, I, I recalled back to uh, my daughter. Uh, she wanted to learn to roller skate. Her friends were roller skating. And so every Friday night for like a year, 
we went to the roller skating rink. And I have to say, you know, as a proud dad, that in the course of learning to roller skate, my daughter fell not a single time. <laughs> what? But 100% learned to roller skate without falling. It took her a year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. A minimum 52 sessions you know lengthy hours and hours long sessions to learn to roller skate hey listen i identify with your daughter my my mom has told me i'm the firstborn and you know my 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 second born brother just you know blah, just fell all over the place learning to walk he i mean just from you know from right. the first moment and in fact his nickname to a lot of people was squirrel because he would just climb and fall and blah you know he didn't care he was an early walker this guy was a late, late, late walker. I didn't walk until I was sure that I could take steps without falling. So I totally, that, that's the comfort part of me, right? Like, I don't want to hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to I'm gonna look silly. I'm going to mm -hmm. hurt myself. Mm -hmm. You know, what will my friends say? And, and it really didn't come become perfectly clear until the, till my neighbors, uh, they had a, a, a son that was the same age as my daughter. And they were like, they weren't into roller skating. They said, he wants to learn to roller skate. He actually wants to play roller hockey, but he can't skate. Will you take him with you? So we took him one night. And in the course of about four hours from zero, the first time he laced up his skates, four <laughs> hours later, he could skate just magnificently. <laughs> In the course of those four hours, he probably fell down, I don't know, one to 200 times. <laughs> you know, he'd go three feet, fall down, three feet, fall down, three and a half feet, fall down. And, but all that discomfort, yeah. all that pain got him to this thing a year faster than, than my other, uh, you know, test subject. So beautiful that's <laughs> a great like, example yeah yeah, yeah you know, like just like your your brother uh, right yeah. he, he was willing to fall he was willing to fail he was willing to be uncomfortable and yeah. boom he got there yep i you know what let me give another example of my brother uh he <laughs> he picked up uh my little hobby of painting these toy soldiers i i suckered him into doing it and i'd wanted to do it for years like literally maybe a decade and then i bought a set and I started like not painting. Let me just read about painting. Let me watch videos about painting. My brother, I mean, like he sort of went, okay, I'll, I think I will do this. And he bought some and started painting. Um, guess who's got more painted and better painted uh, than uh, his brother? It's my brother. He is, he is, he's a, he's a machine now. Uh, and, uh, and I now I, I really like what I have, to be fair. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I like what I've painted. Right, right. But he uh, he's destroyed me in terms of quality and quantity. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what that that's what we find with these folks, uh, that they'll they'll get there faster and, and they'll do more of it. Um, yeah, I started, you know, and the universe led me to uh, Adam Grant. Uh, I love Adam Grant. Uh, his new oh. book, uh, Hidden Potential. Mm -hmm. Chapter one is titled Creatures of Discomfort, Embracing the Unbearable Awkwardness of Learning. It was like, wow, that's a, you know, yeah, that's uh, that should be a long movie title. So so in that in this chapter, he's talking to these people who who've learned six, seven, eight languages. 
right? And okay. they can speak them all fluently. And they talked to this, this one person and she tried to learn Spanish, you know, at a young age when they, they talk about, you know, your neuroplasticity is at its best learning languages when you're young. And yep. so she studied, you know, she took class, she studied and read the book and she wrote down her conju you know, conjugations and all that kind of stuff. And then a year later, uh, part of the final of that class was they had to go to a, a Mexican restaurant and order in Spanish. Mm. And, and that was the you know first time. And she failed miserably. Uh, right. So later on uh, in her life, um, she just changed her mindset and said, all right, you know, instead of being comfortable, I'm going to make myself completely uncomfortable. So she moved to a Spanish speaking country and from Ooh. and moved in with a family that only spoke Spanish. Yeah, and then forced herself every day to go out into the world and try to speak. And she said it was it was awkward, it was unbearable, it was oh, yeah. it was it was a, you know tragic and a comedic and and but but within less than a year she was completely fluent. Wow. So wow. so and then she went and said, "All right, well, I, you know, I obviously figured out the secret recipe to this." And so she wanted to learn Italian. So she. After the first day of studying Italian, she went out and spoke Italian, right? Oh. You know, just dove right in and, and, you know, went to Italy and, and, you know, every single day was out there and just, and picked up the second one, the third one, the fourth one, yeah. the fifth one, the sixth one, right? But wow. so that, that comfortable, you know, being comfortably in, in, you know, ensconced in the book, and writing it out and this, you know, this, you know, measured approach with yeah. very little discomfort made it impossible for her to learn a new language. Well, I, I identify with that. And, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we're teaching Latin to our kids and I'm, uh, tutoring a, a middle school group that's learning Latin. Well, Latin is not spoken. You can't really get immersed in it. And, uh, the kids, uh, it, it is a, an absolute wrestle. Now, flip side is, you know, one of the ways that you can push on that is lots of exercises. I mean, just over and over and over, lots and lots of exercises. And so they've, the, the kids that have really excelled with it have, have gotten used to being uncomfortable trying out all these different translations and, uh, you know, English to Latin, Latin to English. But I will say, um, uh, down the road from the University of Kentucky, where there is a Latin immersion camp, and you can go in the summer and uh, people pay big bucks uh, to come to this thing. I mean, it's it's been going for I don't know how many. Gosh, it's been going for decades. Uh, but but it's it's for the purpose of just that. You know, let's put you in something that's uncomfortable enough that it's it's going to jumpstart progress for you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's that's spot on. And and yeah, it's uh, I can see why it would be expensive. A, not that many people are doing it, and B somebody's figured out the value of this oh yeah but that yeah there's yeah it's worth paying the money because you're gonna you're gonna leap forward that far in, right. in your progress right and so that makes that makes perfect sense the um, another example of the universe uh sending this message my way was uh, was uh, my introduction to david goggins you, you talk about this guy a disturbingly uh uh long amount of time when when it comes up in in conversation so oh. it's just hilarious that it's managed to make it onto the podcast yes yeah yeah david goggins uh, yeah yeah the, the, you know this guy you know had to go through navy seal buds training three times he he hold he hold the the the, the pull-up record for you know how many pull-ups in 24 hours and thousands of them and 
ultra marathoner, just, just this insane guy. And one of his mottos is you have to do something every day that sucks. Like, <laughs> like, you know, and you're like, what? You know, so, so yeah, you, you, you run, you take an ice bath, right? Where you, whatever you can think of that would really suck, go do that at least once a day. And, and he talks about how, how it altered his life that, that challenges that he thought were challenges before seem to melt away and they no longer seem challenging. And so if you, if you research this a little bit, all of a sudden there are tons of, of, of neurological studies on this idea that Goggins figured out uh, on his own. And, uh, it, and that's uh, that the, the, my, my little drawing behind me, the, uh, apparently, there's a part of your brain called the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. Sure. Yeah, sure. and I know you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah, as well, our, just just for the folks that might not be, Mike, if you could give a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, probably fifty percent of our audience isn't familiar with this, so <laughs> I'll explain it to that person. So, yeah, the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. This is the part of your brain, uh, you know, they first started looking at it from the idea of will to live. And then when they, yeah. why do people have this? Some people have this insane will to live and other people let go and grit and resilience and stuff like that. And what they figured out was for people who, who frequently do stuff that's uncomfortable, uh, this, uh, this anterior mid cingulate cortex is bigger in the brains of those people People who are who are comfortably uh, residing in their comfort zone, that part of the brain shrinks. It actually gets smaller. And, and so they looked at, at obese people who weren't trying to get healthier. Uh-huh. Tiny, tiny little part. Tiny little anterior mid-cingulate cortex, right? So, but people who were obese but were dieting or exercising or challenging themselves, that part of the brain was growing. Huh. And so, and so what they figured out was that every time you do something you don't want to do, right, that part of your brain becomes bigger, stronger, and makes it easier for you to take on the next challenge, or at least stay committed to the, uh, to the challenge that you're undertaking. Huh. The, the fascinating thing about it is, if say you do the challenging thing, and you start to like it. Yeah, you're like you're like I'm eating cruciferous vegetables, uh, my broccolis, and I hated it at first. Right, brain's growing. At some point, I go, I really like these. You will no longer get the brain pump, right? The growth, really, because you've grown accustomed to it. Okay, okay, which makes perfect sense when you think about it. Right, your body's the same way. You're you're running, and you get accustomed to a certain run. Your body no longer becomes stronger. It just plateaus at that level. Yeah. And so, so if you start to enjoy the thing that used to be challenging, you know, so now it goes back to David Goggins idea of every day, you got to do something that sucks. So you can keep that part of your brain strong. Yeah. It's like, you know, here's a guy with, with, uh, you know, uh, basically a high school education who just literally through trial and error, yeah, uh, figured all of this stuff out that the neuroscientists have now confirmed. I uh, follow a classical educator who says something similar about letting your kids, uh, your students, uh, basically just, uh, you'll, you'll know when they're ready for the next thing 
when they start saying, man, this is cool. I like doing this. And now it's time to introduce the new thing, you know, whatever the new thing is, um, which, you know, says a lot about play too, right? That, that, that there's something about, you know, getting a chance to, to enjoy what you're, what you're fiddling with and say, I mastered it. Uh, you know, we, we know about that from, from Daniel Pink that, you know, mastery is a real motivator for people. Um, but so one thing about what you said there that I find interesting is that uh, you have to keep going to it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So so I'm thinking about a client, and this has actually happened more than once, where they said, you know, pick the thing, right? Like we've been talking about diet and exercise and, you know, learning languages. Pick the thing that is hard for you as a leader. You know, analytics, talking to people. You know, uh, uh, you know, making lots of changes, coming up with a structure. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, look at the disk map, you know, pick where your dot is and look at the opposite side. And maybe it's one of those things. But if if those are the things that are uncomfortable for you, what I'm hearing you say is you can grow in your skills in those areas, but you're going to have to do it regularly. So so here's an example. I had a client who wanted to get better at uh, having uh, more uh, small talk with uh, his people. Right. Right. He hated it. You know, like, let's just get on with work, you know? Well, um, and, and hated it because it was probably very uncomfortable. It was super uncomfortable. I, and I've had another one who, uh, didn't like the hard conversations, you know, didn't mind the small talk, but didn't like the hard conversations. And, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of one particular instance where, you know, he, he left a room with some things that, probably still needed to be said and he was like no i've got to turn around and go back into this room and continue having this conversation so he was he was making conscious efforts every day to to have these little you know it was a little thing in in many ways but he consciously made the effort to go back inside the room and have that conversation it sounds like that's the kind of thing we're talking about here that you're constantly being aware of uh, you know oh here's here's where i'm resisting I better go into it. I, I better lean into it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember my, uh, uh, my daughter's tennis coach, uh, they were warming up one day and, and, and they're having, you know, just small talk. And the coach says, uh, all right, so which drill do you dislike the most? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> Don't answer the question. <laughs> no, you're right. You know, she's like, Oh, I hate volleying at the net. <laughs> and which part of your game needs the most work? <laughs> volleying at the net. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, they, you know, that's he knew that's where the growth opportunity was. And interestingly enough, she knew where her growth opportunity was. Yeah, that's a but, good point. But in this case, she had a coach. Yeah to force her into into that area of uncomfortableness and 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 then uh, you know uh, later in her her career uh she became a beast at the net that's not right just 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 a volley just you know just crazy good um but yeah that was the part of her game that the the coach had to drag her towards because yeah. that was where she was most uncomfortable and it was truly you know uncomfortable and fear uh, you know, you're that close to somebody hitting yeah. the ball 120 mile an hour at you. Uh, you can become a little gun shy. So let me let me uh, throw up possibly an objection. 
there are uh, a number of books out talking about uh, bright spots. Uh, you know, we've we've talked on uh, this podcast about being heliotropic. You know, being uh, uh, you know that that you you move toward things that give you life. Um, you know, there's strengths finder. You know, we're supposed to you know uh, really you know lean into our strengths and and so. Where does discomfort fit into that model of of all those good things that we can we can say, yeah, I'm I'm good at this. Uh, this is a strength. I want to develop this, and this is this is how I want to go to market. Can can I just do those things and not worry about being uncomfortable, Mike? Well, you you would think. Uh, however, in our ever expanding, more competitive world, uh, where you need more and more skills just to stay even. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, having those things that you're naturally good at, and then expanding that toolbox. Yeah. So, so if you think about it, right, you're right. We always ask people what went well, uh, right? What was the bright spot? All right, what did you do? Let the what they typically share is when they did something that was uncomfortable and it worked. That's a very good point. Yeah, they yeah they don't share is you know I've always you know been good at small talk with my people and I did some more of that. Yeah. No, they never share that. They share the examples that you gave. Yeah. I knew I had to have this difficult conversation, and I went there. I went there, and it turned out pretty good, and that's my bright spot. Yeah. So they share the accomplishment, the overcoming of something that 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 well, they're heck, fearful you, about. You, I, I think you're, you're probably short selling it because I think sometimes they say it was a bright spot because I attempted it. It was a failure, but man, I went there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we get the crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. But and the cortex was still growing. Yeah. I still grew from the experience, uh, you know, and whether they know that a part of their brain grew. So, so in this case, two parts of their brain grew. Your interior mid-singulate cortex grew because you attempted the uncomfortable. You right. also grew because you figured out, okay, here's an approach that doesn't work. That just means I, I can try something else. And yeah. so I'm more knowledgeable. I, I'm more experienced as I attempt it the second time, the third time, the fourth time. Yeah. And, and you know, another thing about that that's uh, that I've noticed, you know, and people like us have to read people. You know, that's that's one of the the things that we do going to market is is learning how people operate, you know, trying to size them up so that we know how best to help them. And uh, for, for instance, back to the example of the difficult conversations, um, if I've got somebody who is a, a C on the DISC uh, model and, and they're an analytical kind of person, they often have a strength in analytics. Mm -hmm. And what I'll notice that they'll do is that they'll use their analytical strength to go to market with how they have those hard conversations. So they'll 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 do some analysis. They'll do some analysis on themselves on the situation. They'll do a lot of prep and then go into the conversation and it, and it may sound a little more scripted and intentional, but guess what? Um if it comes from a place of caring, I've I've had their people say to me, it was a little weird, but I knew exactly what he was trying to do and I really appreciated it, right? right. So so <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's, they, he's they not get that it. good at it, but I get what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and it, it still wins, right? Yeah, it, it helps. Like the, yeah, the goodwill's there. the The goodwill bucket has been filled, and and they they get a chance to pour it out in that conversation. So, I, I you make a great point, and and I can see how you know you're you're still going to go to market 
as who you are, but you're going to be looking for those moments and and maybe leaning into your own strengths to use some opportunities to to challenge those moments and, and experience some discomfort and grow. Makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is something that that would be easily trackable on a calendar. Uh, yeah. You could create a habit around that and make a note on your calendar. Here's here's something I did today that that was uncomfortable. It was awkward that I knew uh, wasn't a strength and yet I did it anyway. Yeah. 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 So so yeah, I think that's the that's the challenge for this whole thing is is yeah. Discomfort is necessary for growth. All right. So push yourself to do those things if you want to grow that that make you uncomfortable. And the reality is you're the only person who knows what that is. And mm. so yeah, you have to look inside and go, all right. Yeah. This, you know, I, I'm scared of doing this. This is this this is gonna be awkward. It's gonna be uncomfortable. And then yeah, just dive in, just go for it. Yeah, and and uh, we don't say this enough, but you know, first off, don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button. But also, uh, we don't often say, you know, reach out to us if if we can uh, can help you in any way. Sort of start down that path. Maybe it's a uh, an issue of you really determining what you want, and you know, you sort of have this vague idea of of uh, how you want to grow, but you you'd like to really do some goal setting around it. You know, reach out to Mike or I, and. Um, um, Mike or Mike or me, reach out to me. Yeah, Mike or me, reach out to Mike or me, and we can help you set those goals and grow. So um, we'd love to do that. We'd love to do that. Anything else that uh, we need to mention before we wrap this bad boy up? No, no. I think uh, you make a good point. If smashing the like button or subscribing is very uncomfortable for you, oh, do it. Yeah, yeah, this is your chance, baby. Don't cold do it. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, do it. Do it now. The, uh, go there. Write it in your diary. Dear diary. It was a great day. Here's what I did that was uncomfortable. All right, let's wrap this up. We'll throw it over to uh as we're uh, filming this, uh our birthday boy. Uh Mr. Is it? It is. I didn't uh, know yeah. that. Uh, yep, it's uh, oh. I think it's, it might actually be tomorrow, but for our viewing audience, it's today. Happy birthday, uh, Mr. Wolf. Happy birthday, John. And we're still not going to pay you. Take it away. <laughs> so go ahead and tweet that or share it any other way you want. As always, there are no rights reserved, no trademarks, no copyrights. Share it if you want to. And join us next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.